Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. So I've been doing this journey for a while. I remember a couple years in, I was sitting with my dad driving, and I just landed a deal with this super successful CEO running a Fortune you know, 100 company and billions in revenue, and we're going to do a regular show answering questions from my audience. My audience comes on, they ask a question, he answers it, I answer it, next question. That's the format for an hour. And my dad looked at me in the car, we got this hour-long ride up, so we get to talking, and he said, what gave you the confidence to feel like you're at the same level as this super successful CEO? And he was asking it not in a put-down way like you suck, but just as a, like, in awe, like, how did this happen? And he was right in that Three years ago, prior, the Evan would have been super nervous and felt less than and have not, not as much belief in myself. But over those three years, I spent every day hanging out with Oprah Winfrey and James Altucher and Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. And like that seeps into me in ways that I didn't even notice. But like, let's examine that. How have you seen your own life affected? How are you better? Yep. Do people get, and I guess the bigger question is, do people get better by studying success? 100%. You've done how many episodes of this? 450? 417. 417. So they're all available. You can go, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. If somebody started today listening to your podcast every day for the next 417 days, if they compared their life in 417 days to where they are now, they would have learned to choose themselves way more often than not. They would be a different person. You need to shut down the negativity or limit access at least to it. And then in that void, fill it with, with positivity, with the messages that you want to hear. And so the goal with my channel is to provide as much of a spectrum. Believe is in every video in some form. Whether we say believe or not, it's the theme through everything. There's always something there for you. People comment and say, you believe in me more than anybody else in my life. I don't even know you. That's how little belief they get from the people around them. I am so excited for this guest. There are so many things I want to learn, probably more than just about any other guest I've had on this podcast. Wow. You might not know his name. You've probably seen some of his videos on YouTube, but there is so much, and you might know his name, I'm not saying you wouldn't, but there's so much to learn from this guy, Evan Carmichael. Let me, I'm going to start with a little bit of an intro, but we'll get into everything. First off, I knew you 
because you have this super great YouTube channel. It's got about 2 million subscribers, which is amazing. I want to learn how you built up your YouTube strategy. And, you know, I, I think of a lot of great YouTubers as appealing to millennials, but you really have such a wide ranging audience and you're a different category than those usual YouTubers. Um, I'll describe the category. You, you, you post these videos every day or, or multiple videos a day, you know, top 10 rules of success for Warren Buffett, top 10 rules of success for Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or what, what are some of the, what are some of the others? I mean, you have so many, you have hundreds. Yeah, we started off just doing. And first off, thanks for that intro, man. Like that's that's I'm humble. That's, I'm that's, not even done with yeah, the intro, well, but that's word. enough of an intro. That's great. <laughs> I, I, we can move on. Um, but I appreciate that, man. I'm I'm really humbled um, considering all the work, the great work that you do. Uh, we started off just covering entrepreneurs, so it was all those characters you mentioned. Um, but then we also expanded beyond it. The first non-entrepreneur I did was Michael Jordan, who is an entrepreneur and he's a billionaire, but you don't know him as being an entrepreneur. You think of him as a basketball player. And then when we started looking and breaking him down, we thought, you know what? A lot of the lessons that he talks about is still applicable to an entrepreneur. I'm not going to put a lesson in how to dunk, you know, like that's not interesting, but everything around teamwork and leadership and success and hard work and all that stuff still applies. And so then that opened up a gateway to have just basically be about success. So anybody who's had success. So we've had athletes and, and politicians and thought leaders and not just the prototypical entrepreneur build a business. And I think that's often some of the best learnings when you can challenge yourself to learn from somebody who's not in the exact same field of you, especially if you don't like that person, trying to learn from that person for you to get better. Like what's a person who's not in your field that you didn't like that you kind of said, I'm going to learn from this person and, and do a video on it. So the very first top 10 I did was on Kanye West. And I did that because- I love that. Because actually I do think there's 10 things to learn from him. Everyone- the blanket media response is to say, oh, he's crazy. Don't pay attention to him. The guy right. is a genius. So of course you could learn from him. That was it. And it was a response from a buddy of mine named Mark who put a, a, a blog post up about the Kanye moment with Taylor Swift, like seven years after it happened. It's like, why, like, can we move on? This happened, great. And I thought, you know, there's a lot you can learn from Kanye. He, he might put his foot in his mouth a lot and great. So you don't, have to, you don't have to think he's God, but there's a lot that you can learn from him. You know, he, he won more Grammy Awards than anybody in history at his age. Uh, he, he's the guy who had John Legend change his name to John Legend. Like I, John Legend is John Stevens. That. Why did he, I didn't know that. How did Kanye, what, so, Kanye West didn't like that? Well, first off, like you think John Legend and, and Kanye seem like total opposite characters, right? Like John Legend is, seems like the nicest human being of all time. And then you got Kanye who's off doing Kanye things. And they're at a bar in Chicago and, and John Stevens is on his way up. And he said, you know, I have a really old school voice. You know, that's, that's my style. I really resonate with the old school style. And Kanye said, you should call yourself the legend. And, and John was like, no, I can't call myself the legend. Like, what if I don't live up to that? And Kanye basically forced him to change his name to John Legend and go all in on it. I feel like Kanye is always thinking big, like not just slightly outside of his comfort zone, like three levels outside of his comfort zone, which is where he gets in trouble. Yeah. But I, I feel like he's constantly thinking he should be the greatest clothes designer of all time. He should be he, the greatest music producer ever by far. Um, you know, he's always thinking whatever he does should be above and beyond or whoever he interacts with should be above and beyond. Right. And, and I think that's part of why he's the greatest, he really is the greatest producer ever. And he still has a young career. Like we'll see where he goes. He was the first guy that we did because I just wanted to show at the first, my friend, Mark, that 
sure, Kanye's done a lot of stuff you may not agree with, but he's also like, you should learn from him. It doesn't mean you have to be Kanye. To pull one or two things from Kanye West doesn't mean you're going to become like him. I might admire Steve Jobs for his visionary thinking, but I don't want to be a father like Steve Jobs was. That's okay. Like, I want to be a father like my father was. I can learn that from him and I could take something else from somebody else. And so a big motivation for me with, with the channel is to try to show the best of people and show that you can learn something from them. Well, and then I was going to say the other types of videos you do are more topical, but but they're sort of information you've, you've gathered, I'm assuming in most cases, from many of the... Um, I was about to say guests, but many of the subjects that you've studied. Yeah. So you might have, um, you know, I'm making up names, of the, or this one's real, but nine nine ways to get respect from others, mm-hmm. or you know, the top five ways uh, uh, to persuade someone, or top five life strategies, which you know focused on Jeff Bezos in that one. But you you have more topical videos as well, and I watch these videos every day, and there's so many life lessons. So again. I, I want to. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to finish the intro real quickly. You, you <laughs> took you took a little bit of what you learned from YouTube. You put it into several books. You have a book called The One Word. You have a book for, called uh, The Top Ten um, Rules for Success. You have a book, uh, 254. Uh, conf- uh, what's the what's the full title? 254 Ways to Days of Confidence. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's about confidence and. Um, uh, and your one word, by the way, is believe because you 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 encourage yourself. You could believe you can you can do anything, and people should believe in in their dreams and their goals. Uh, and so 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 again, uh, and you started off. You, you had you were a, a biotech software entrepreneur, and then um, kind of led into this YouTube strategy. Where I assume let's just actually before we get all right, uh, I'm rambling. There's two this, different directions. Right. One is your YouTube strategy and how you became like a mega YouTube star doing stuff that I'm absolutely fascinated by. Like I watch your YouTube videos all the time because I learn how to be successful from your YouTube videos. Then the other thing is I want to learn is what you've learned, uh, you know, having studied so many of these people, what you've learned about success and happiness and well-being and and whatever else you've learned and peak performance and whatever else you've learned. And it, it makes me think of this podcast a little bit because I think about this all the time. I've had hundreds and hundreds of podcast guests who are the best in the world at what they do. And I'm sitting across from them, just like I'm sitting across from you. And I get to ask them anything I want. You know, I read all their books. I get to ask them anything I I want to. But now I'm thinking to myself, okay, after 400 or 417 of these guests, what what have I try to take at least one takeaway from each guest. And I always try to quantify what has made my life better. And it's a hard question to answer because you don't know what your life would have been like without these guests on. But I'm just curious on your, on your take on that. And in any case, there's a couple different directions to go, but I want to start off with uh, what's your what's your day like or how are you making these YouTube videos and, and why are you doing them so so well? I love and how it, did dude. you start doing it? It's so great. I love your enthusiasm. The energy is like just pouring out. It's great. Um, where to start? So I, I'm, I'm a big believer in chunking my, my days. So I do different things on different days. I think your actions need to map to your ambitions. So I look at my calendar. I think success is a series of habits. It's not reaching some destination. And I look at my calendar and say, if I did these things every week, would it lead me to be happy and successful? So, so, so it's, I, lo- I love this success is a series of habits. It's related to something I like to think about, which is process is more important than outcomes. So if you do the right process, yeah. 
the outcomes will take care of themselves. And clearly they have. You, you're about to describe your habits, but, but your outcome has been, you have millions of YouTube subscribers. You know, you described to me earlier before the podcast started some of your more recent Instagram habits and what the outcome was, but mm-hmm. it really was focused on, on the habits. So, so, okay, what's, what do you, what do you do on a weekly basis? What do you, what's your thinking process? So this changes in a big way, probably once a quarter and in a, in a minor way all, all the time. But right now my schedule looks like Monday is my mentoring day. So it's where I spend the time mentoring the people on my team. So we've got 24 people on my team. Um, I, as an individual, contribute the most, but compared to what my entire team does, it's nothing. Right? Like this show doesn't run without your team. Even though- how, how do you organize that? Like you say, okay, everybody gathers in at 9 a.m., and we're all going to kind of teach people something. I'm not great at the like group rah-rah stuff. I like the one-on-one. So there's some people who I need to connect with uh, every week and others will, will rotate through. So some, the, some people who don't have as big a role, I'll do once a quarter. Others will be once a month and some will be once a week. And I should imagine you have 16 employees working on your YouTube channel now. When it started, was it just you? So we, we have 24 now wow. uh, okay, in the business, not only on YouTube stuff, but 24 people. And when I started... I, had a t- I was on the website business before I moved to YouTube. I had, I had a popular website. We had hundreds of thousands of pages of content, and I had a team there. And one day decided I'm going to just try this YouTube thing out. I started feeling my momentum go there, and I'm a big momentum guy. And one day I just decided, even though I'm making all this money on this website, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to throw up a picture as my homepage, and I'm going to move my entire team over to YouTube because that's where my heart is now. And so I had, I think, eight people at that time. I'm not super great at looking back. I'm, I'm like forward and present and get hazy on the back. Um, but I had about eight people, moved them all to my YouTube channel and just threw up a picture and decided overnight that that's it. I'm moving in this new direction now. And people are spaced out over different projects and different series that we're doing. But Monday, I spend my day mostly working with them to help them get better. Because if they get better, my whole business gets better. It's not just about me getting better. Um, and I end up caring, I think, as, a, as just as a leadership principle, I want people to win more than I want them to win with me. And so I see, I see everybody I come into contact with as we're running parallel paths. You and I right now, are, we're, we're running this parallel path together. For, for, the, for the series of the, this podcast, we're going to be spending this time you know, across from each other, and it's amazing. I want it to be the best possible use of our time together. And then we're going to go back off on our own paths. And maybe we come back, and maybe we co-host a show that is the best show of all time, or, or maybe I never see you again. You know? But like we're, we're running this parallel path. And so whenever somebody's running a parallel path with me, I want it to be the best possible experience. And then I want to set them up for success, which may mean they have to leave me at some point. Like our path is temporary and that could be three months, six months, 12 years, who knows? I, I, I want to mention that's such an important concept that, that many successful people forget. So great entrepreneurs shouldn't, I think, shouldn't demand undying loyalty from their employees. Their employees should ultimately grow, grow to be successful entrepreneurs on on their own. And I think many mentors have a problem when their mentees surpass them in some way. And, you know, the conflict often results, but you should, you should basically, I I had a professor once, um, I hate to say anything good about college, but this was the one good thing I learned. (laughs) My, my professor, my professor didn't have a lot of published papers, but all the students loved him. His classes were packed and he wasn't a well-known academic professor, but he said to me, I judge my success on how well-known my graduating students are. Right. And so I thought that was always, that was, that stuck with me since I was 19. So something like that, I don't, 
I don't worry about anybody on my team passing me because you can't out Evan Evan. Like you're never mm. going to pass me at what I do because I'm the best at what I do. You mm. can't out me me. You can go be Danny and crush it, but you can't, like you can be James and you'll be a way better James than I ever will be, but you can't out Evan me. It's just I, not going to happen. I feel like you out James me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't out James James. There's no way. But just to that point, like I brought Danny along with me for this trip. He's my video guy right now. And you know, I met him on Instagram, uh, I guess just over a year ago. And we did one trial uh, session together. We came and filmed me for the day. Then I hired him for a year. And then we just negotiated another year. But his ambition is to, to create his own Netflix series. He wants to be a film producer. It's like, great. Part of the condition, like, Danny, I'll bring you back for one more year, but you have to make your first video. You have to make your first video. Like, it, it has to happen. Because I want, I want my channel to be the launching pad for his Netflix thing. So, Danny, what, what, what kind of Netflix series do you want to do? Um, I'm into like narratives, so I want to do either some kind of TV show or movie or something. Are you script writing or you want scripts to be shown to you and then you'll film them or? Um, well, to, ideally I would love the script to be shown to me. I, I want to be a producer director ultimately. And, and other than working for Evan, um, who's great at putting together these, uh, videos, it's a slightly different style than a Netflix sitcom say or drama what steps are you doing to move towards the goal i've invested a lot into one into my gear technically so i've invested into a lot of gear um, i'm using evan's platform to learn how to tell stories better because there's so many every day we do a morning show and uh Evan brings in different entrepreneurs and different stories and it helps me allows me to like kind of just work on on storytelling and, and and grasping real life stories. Okay, so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna remember that um, for a future question because that leads to a whole different angle. But continue with, because uh, that that was great. That's really important, and and I'm curious about that. Um, so so I want to see Danny win mm -hmm. more than I want to see Danny win with me, and that's everybody on my team. I want to see them win more than I want them to win with me. Now, for the time that we're together, we're gonna win together. So we started a morning show where I have a guest come in five days a week to my studio, my dance studio in Toronto. Danny films it. And then he takes that one hour session and crunches it down into a 15 minute video for my YouTube channel. That, that's so odd to be honest. And I, I do my research and I've watched tons of your videos and I watch your videos. I've probably been watching your videos every day or every other day for, I can't even remember how long, for probably since you started. I don't remember any videos with guests. It's a newer series, so it's once a week. So like we do 20, 20 videos plus a week. So it's one of the 20. Okay. It's called Becoming. So if you look up hashtag Becoming, you'll see that series. I'm usually on the hashtag, uh, sorry, on the, on the thumbnail. And I have a guest on for usually 10 like, to 15 minutes. Like who was your last guest? Oh, they're all local Toronto like startup entrepreneurs. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't, I wanna, it's, it's a coaching session that you know, then we film. It's interesting because I like the style and then I want to get back into your habits, but I just want right. to point out <laughs> I, for us, in order for me to learn from, let's say a Gary Kasparov, the world ex world champion of chess, I have to have Gary Kasparov on the podcast. You give yourself permission to say, no, I'm just going to learn about Gary Kasparov or, or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett without having them face to face. I'm going to look at all their interviews and then right. make the video, well, which well, I think is a much Bill Gates saved my company. My first company. I never met him, but he saved my company. I was 19. I was making $300 a month. I felt like a total failure. I was working my face off. 
and just not getting results. And never in my life have I put so much work into something and not gotten results. And I think that's that's typical in startup land. You work like crazy. But it is frustrating. Super frustrating. And I felt worthless. Because you even said earlier, you, you live on momentum. Uh, yeah. And, and see, good. I can't out James James. has great listening skills there. Um, and, and I just felt, uh, I felt worthless as a human. And, and, I, and I made it hard on myself because I, I didn't tell my friends that I was struggling and suffering because I'm living the entrepreneur life. I'm just too busy to come out and hang with you. Meanwhile, like that 20 bucks for pizza and beer, like I just can't afford it right now. So I made it really difficult on myself. And I told my partner that I quit in the business and it was the worst day of my life. And then while I'm, while I'm crying, you know, my face off and stuff kind of my nose. Were you and, actually crying? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm at a Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house and, and just nothing was working. And I just, I just felt so worthless that I, had, I was having a phone call with my partner and I said, I quit. Like I need to do something that I feel like a productive human being again, like anything, There's, nothing's working. And so I hung up the phone and then I just cried. Like, I, I'm not a huge crier. I cried uncontrollably, like out of my eyes, out of my nose, just like I was a total disaster. My mom comes up, puts her hand on my shoulder and I, I don't remember what she said. She's trying to tell me something. I'm sure it was comforting. I, don't, I couldn't hear it, I'm lost. Uh, I just sleep over at my parents' house that night, barely sleep, um, and then decide, you know what? I don't wanna quit on this too soon. Like, I can deal with the failure, but I can't deal with not knowing. So I have to keep going. And that was my rock bottom moment. And I said, you know, somebody has to figure this out. Like, I'm not an idiot. Somebody, somebody has figured this out. I can't be the first one to try to sell software before. Who's done this? And that's where I looked at Bill Gates. How do you go from zero to one? Not how he makes extra million now, you know, who cares? But like zero to one, how did he start? And I copied that strategy, put it into my business. And within a couple weeks to maybe a month, I had a, a check for $13,500. And man, dude, like, that may not sound like a lot of money, but to me, that was that was bank. And you know, that's like, momentum. Yeah, moment, and and more important, I had a I had a system I could then copy and paste multiple times over. P people don't realize, I think, direction is so much greater than outcome, because direction, that's what gives you all the neurochemicals to push you to keep going. Uh, you know, oh, I'm getting closer to the tri the center of the tribe. If I just keep doing this. As opposed to like, I've done this. Now what? Yeah. Um, but what were what was like uh, uh, your takeaway from Bill Gates when you? So so it's an important lesson to to mimic the strategies of people who you want to be like and emulate. Yeah. What was the what was the strategy you mimicked or emulated from from Bill Gates? So Bill Gates was partnerships. So Microsoft made its huge deal with IBM, where every IBM at the time, IBM was like the giant computer maker for our younger listeners out here. Uh, and every IBM shipped had Microsoft software on it. That's the deal that made Microsoft. But they were already a $7 million company when they made that deal. It's not a huge company, but it was 7 million more than what I had. So how do you go from zero to the one? And it was still partnerships, still partnering with the people who are making computers and finding a way to use yeah, them. Yeah, the, the Altair, right? Is yep. his first partnership the for, MITS, for yep, the Microsoft yep. Basic? Yeah, that was the first one. And then, and then, so I just studied his story. And the bigger the person is, the easier it is to find their story. At the time, it was books that I had to go through and read. You know, I'm 38, uh, so this was 20 years ago, basically. Uh, and then I thought, okay, how can I how can I replicate this? And I started looking for partners in different markets that could help get my software out there. So, who who what was like a, a sample partner? So the first deal I closed, 13 and a half k, was a, a company in the UK who who also sold other kinds of scientific equipment, some software, and I said, hey. 
do you want to make a deal? We have this great software. It's super easy to use. It's going to help scientists. We can potentially help send some, you know, somebody from the UK wants to, to buy our software. We can refer them to you as our exclusive provider. And they said, yes. It was like, wow, great. And, and I remember like being nervous sending out an email. It's going to cost $13,500 up front. For the exclusivity. Right, right. Which, was it a region exclusivity or? For the UK, yeah. Uh -huh. which, which we didn't have a lot of presence in and we couldn't really service well anyway, like customer support and all that stuff. So and how did you sell them? Did you say, look, you're selling test tubes to these laboratories. They all, how did they determine that their customers also needed this software? They, so they already knew that they needed software. For, for us, it was more proven that we had great software. So they were already selling other software, so we didn't have to make that pitch. But it was more, why is our software so good and why will it help? And so we've already had some customers. We already had some UK-based customers, so we can use them as testimonials. And our customers loved our software, so it was a, it was a good win. We just didn't know how to market it. So our customers loved us, but we didn't get the message out there enough. So we had some local case studies, and we also had we had NASA using our software, we had Johnson Johnson using our software, we had big universities using our software. Um, NASA would never tell us what they're using our software for. So NASA, J and J universities, and you were thinking of quitting at this point. You already have yeah, these because, great mega customers. Yeah, but they were paying us in like they were they weren't the entire. It wasn't a site license at NASA. It was one researcher at NASA who's working on this secret project. So, so like studying alien cells. <laughs> I don't know. They were usually our our clients would like to tell us what they're working on, so we can make the tools better and like yeah. design things. NASA would never give us any info uh, on what cells. they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe aliens get cancer too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but our software was being used for like cancer research and diabetes and HIV and all this stuff. Um, so it was great to connect with the UK company, and I'm sure thirteen and a half thousand dollars for them wasn't a giant investment. But for us, like for me, I was I was scared pressing that send button. And then how did that partnership work out? Well, first off, did you identify many distributors in the UK who were selling not only lab equipment but software and then you tried to approach each one of them? I wasn't that smart. You know, I saw, okay, Bill Gates did partnerships, who can I partner with? And I just found a company in the UK and I messaged them. And, and they said, and they come said on yes. over and show us. Yourself. Not even over the, I was too afraid. I was too afraid to even get on the phone because I was 19. At that time, I might have been 20. But science was my worst subject in school. And these guys all had PhDs and were like two to three times my age. I was super afraid of even hopping on a phone call, let alone going in person. That would never happen, which was my own limiting beliefs and my own problems I had to deal with, uh, which limited our growth. So we did, we did almost all of it over email. The introduction and all that was over email just to cement... Um, you know, the relationship and have a phone call. We did that, but the final was like all done by email. And then we got a deal. And I said, wow, that was easy. Like we just, we're struggling to make bills and we just got 13 and a half K and then it was like, okay, let's look for other markets. But now uh, in the UK though, were they successful at distributing your software? Like how much money did you make from that partner overall? Wow, I don't know. Um, like roughly? Oh, I have no idea. I, I'm still so happy about the thirteen and a half thousand. But like, did, is that the last you ever heard from them? Or no, was no, no, like no, no, regular... no, no. We work with them. Like, we ended up. I built. That was my main role. Then it became to build an international distribution network, where we sold into every. So we're based in Toronto, Canada, um, and we sold into every major uh, country apart from Canada and the U.S., which we mostly handled ourselves. Uh, so like Japan. Then I think Japan was my next one. And like, there's whole other like time zone difference, language difference, culture difference. We can't service Japanese customers 
but barely but, at all. But like, I'm just always curious with partnerships. Like, yeah. you are the best at selling your own product because you know the product inside and out. You know the customers. You know the testimonials. Everything. Once you make a deal with a distributor, you're one product among many. Their sales guys are not trained the best as as your sales guys on selling your software. I'm just curious, like, how to, did the partnership work? Like. It's great that you got money to sell the exclusivity, but yeah. did they then? Did you then make more money because they then sold your software to other UK uh, labs and stuff like that? Yeah, and we we also my biggest fear in the world is, is letting people down. Mm-hmm. I hate disappointing people. It's like my biggest fear. So we'll always go way above and beyond. So any anybody who came to to us from the UK, we had a free download that you can if you leave your name and email and all that. You, you get a free trial version of the software. So anybody who came from the UK, we would send to them. And I would try to warm it up like, hey, these guys represent us in the UK. Try to like, I want them to make the sale because I don't want to, even though they're paying us, like I don't want to let them down. So you can, it's almost like you could take them to the 10 yard line with the potential customer. Then it's easier for them to do the sale. You get some split on that, but then they're grateful. They work with you more. All I'm just trying to wonder is, yeah. was this partnership a success for yeah, you? Yeah, 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 for all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have a single partner like leave us or want a refund. We did, oh, I'm trying to remember back now, I think it was 40%. There's also think of what's the margin to motivate, mm-hmm. where most of our competitors were given 20% commission. We went 40% if it was exclusive, and I want to say 25 or 30 if it was non-exclusive. So we really wanted to push exclusivity with our partners. Uh, we got a little bit of money up front, but more... These are our guys. We'll train them. We'll teach them how our software works. We want them to be educated. We want to give them enough of a margin so that they're making good money. And you have enough margin in software to play with too. And I think also it's important, and then we'll get, this is interesting just from a business side of things, I think it's important that they pay you for the exclusivity because people only, partnerships, partners only value what they pay for. So if they paid you zero, yeah. but they knew they were getting this forty uh, percent, right? They don't care, right? But they're like, we got to make our money back, and so then they get, then they're more motivated to train their salespeople and so on. Yeah, and we spent time training them and talking about our software and how we do with customers and who we already have in that market and any relationship that, like, if there's any been like if we have a lead, somebody downloaded a software from somewhere in the UK, but we've had an email exchange conversation, we'd we'd educate the distributor on that so that they go in, or we would like facilitate the introduction. Because also for our customers to have somebody who can come to their lab and talk to them, which we wouldn't do from Toronto. Uh, we, um, I don't, I want to say never, but it may not be like really went to our clients to say, we were super introvert, nervous, like, but, but it's another lesson too, which is that traveling for, I would much rather delegate travel, meaning have a partner in the UK yeah. than actually go to the UK yeah. and 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 do stuff. Because traveling's busy and and drains you and, yeah. and you can't focus on things. Like if you travel to the UK for two days, that means your whole week is shot. Yeah. And a week is a long time. Yeah. So and this is a tangent on your habits for the week. Right, right, right now. we got to Monday. We really did Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Monday's my mentoring day. Yeah. <laughs> so I spend that time mentoring my team. Tuesday is YouTube day. So I spend the whole day doing YouTube videos. I'll spend about three quarters of the day recording and then the last quarter, because we got to do 20 videos in a week. So I'm at like full on all day recording. Do you do all 20 on that Tuesday? Mostly. So so like, um, let's say you're doing uh, 10 ways Barack Obama is a success or 10 ways, you know, Rockefeller was, John D. Rockefeller was a success. Will you have scripted it out on another day and you're then you do your thing? So my team helps a lot with that. 
So we have we have formulas that we go through and my team now, like the biggest part was training my main guy who does all the research, Ivan, how to think like me, which I very rarely do because I, I see it as co-collaboration. Like I wanna, I don't want people just to think like me. I want them to bring their own to it. But he's the one guy who has to think like me because it's my voice and I still approve everything that goes out on the channel. So he'll now be at least spend a year working every week together dissecting videos and watching him saying, okay, I like, I like this, but see how he was funny at the end? Like, keep that, but don't cut this. Anything negative is never there. Like my one word is believe. It's always positive. It's always, um, it's always going in a good direction. If we did the top 10 stupidest things Kanye said, or Trump, or like whoever, th my channel would probably even be bigger, but I don't want to be a voice for negativity. Yeah, I don't know if it would be bigger. I mean, oh, I go people, to your channel because- people of, like negative. People would rather escape yeah. than learn. They'd rather escape than learn. Like Big Brother, you know, takes off because they want to see the drama. They want to see it. It, it would it would take off, but I don't. I just don't want to be. So, so your researcher is in parallel to you doing your habits. He's like, let's say the week before you say, I want to focus on Elon Musk. He's looking through dozens or hundreds of videos that Elon Musk has done and trying to pull out the right clips for. Does he come up with the points or work with you on the points or is there a formula for? You know, how do you determine what the 10 rules for success are? Yeah. So Elon Musk is, is a great one because he's one of the worst speakers of all the people. We, we have the most difficult time with him because he doesn't, he doesn't articulate super well. And also a lot of the questions he gets asked just aren't, I don't care about his, does he do weed or drugs or yeah. that kind of stuff is very tabloid, which is, which is its own model, but not, I don't want to cover his you're trying to and motivate. We're not, yeah, we're not, it's not even, I don't know if all that's, we're not a sensational headline kind of chasing channel, right. um, which is just the model that I chose. So he'll look through it and then he's, he's learned to think like me where, okay, I think everyone would like that. I think everyone would like that from here to here. And so he'll cut the interview down. So it might be a, a, a three hour long interview with him, but then he'll cut out these moments that then I'll look through and he's, he's, 95% on now. So I'm making very little edits or changes to what he's putting out there, what so, he gives to me. So he'll be like, we'll, do, we'll have an Evernote file. He'll put it all in there and look at it every week, watch through it. It's like, yep, 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 yep. And then, and then I'll do my part for the video and record. And your part is, it looks like you have a, a mic in, your, in, in a room, yeah. uh, with pictures in the background. Yeah. And, um, and you'll say, you know, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos is a success. One, he yeah. does this. Yeah. Two, he does this. And then yeah. you have the video clip. Yeah. Uh, you don't talk over the video clip. And there's some production value in that. You're, you're a lot of production value, but you're listing the things and then you have a box where you have the clip of Jeff Bezos talking. Yeah. You might have um, other facts that come up at the bottom. So there's, very, it, there's a lot of information on the page, but you're focused on those 10 rules for success. Is there, for your researcher and your team, is there kind of like a DNA of what, Evan views as a valid rule for success? Wow, I should have my guy on here answering that question. So anything, anything believe, you know, anything that's that's positive, anything that's lifting others, um, even even like the Kanye John Stevens thing is is John Legend talking about Kanye. It's not even a Kanye clip, but it it speaks to something good about Kanye. And and was that a since I haven't seen this video, was that what rule for success from Kanye did you derive from that? Something like that would be like believe in people or encourage people. Mm. 
so that here's a friend of yours who you see great genius talent in and Kanye's pushing that guy. And and, and it seems like, again, I'll, I'll get back to what I said earlier, it seems like Kanye's not only encouraging him, Kanye's pushing him to think Bigger. big and outside of his comfort zone. 100%. Change your name to yeah. legend. Yeah. yeah, Like that's big, you know, to call yourself the legend. Right. And James Legend, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like you're ch telling someone to change their name, right? <laughs> like that's out of everyone's comfort zone. But Kanye's like fearless, yeah, you know, to do that. It's just like a couple lessons you get out of that just one moment. Yeah, and so I'll, we'll label it something. But in you watching a clip, you may pull something different out of it. But it's it's in the same tree. Yeah, it's one of the branches on the tree. So we'll let people sometimes disagree with how we label something. But it's like it's close enough. It's what I took from it. And the people who end up loving my channel end up liking to think and learn the way that I think and learn. So it's like it's like there's, uh, 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 like something like that. You're looking for something that's unique, um, like it's a unique story, right? I didn't know that. Like, and it's and it's sort of odd to convince someone to change their name. It's um, inspirational. Like he saw he somehow recognized success and he's encouraging it. And that's how Kanye becomes successful is by encouraging other people around him. Um, and, uh, what, what other, what, what other fa thing fascinated you and, and your researcher on that? So, so believe would always be the central theme through everything. It's gotta be optimistic, uplifting, encouraging, inspirational. Uh, I'm learning something that's always, if it's everything, if anything is anti-believe, we don't put it in. So like we could, you for example, you could say, um, somebody attacking Trump, it could be stand up for what you believe in. But because it's a, it's a negative, we wouldn't do it. Whatever I think of Trump, good or bad. If it's a, we've done Jordan Peterson, who, who's been on your show. When he's going on about something, stand up for what you believe in, it was in a positive way. So it's always a positive message, never a negative attacking somebody else. Hmm. Even though the lesson is still the same in, in terms of stand up for what you believe. Now, but, but you know, some people, um, you know, like, let's say Bill Gates checks his, his mail every day. Yeah. Like some things are, you know, that's a Bill Gates habit. Yeah. Maybe even that's for him. It's a rule for success to check his mail every day. Yeah. Um, but that somehow doesn't won't make the the list. You can uh, almost think for obvious reasons, but where in the in the sort of again it, the it, it DNA. Might, like any weird habits we might put in, not as not all the way through, but I like having one oddball one at the end. So like in the Bill Gates one, he had an interview with Connie Chung where he he told her he could jump over a chair. So he had a chair and she's like, really? Do it. And then there's a video of him like stand, from a standstill jumping over the chair. So I like having one oddball if we can find it. So very often at the t rule number 10 will be something around having fun or some quirky thing that they have or, or them performing amazingly, showing off like what they're great at. Uh, I like just a little, a little bit of entertainment or, or to show the human side of that person beyond just oh, I'm strictly business or I'm always always on right? and how do you how do you then boil that down into like you know because like bill gates is the 10 10 rules for bill gates success yeah. how do you kind of uh name that that piece where he's just jumping over a chair yeah because like, obviously a rule for success isn't learn how to jump over chairs right 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 uh, have fun is the most common one that we would label it that might be like be spontaneous or take up challenges or 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 you know if it was, if he was afraid of being in front of the camera, like be fearless, something like that. And 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 then some of the um, habits and rules, you actually want to be common 
because then you see what's common across many successful people. So for instance, work hard, okay, is common among many of the people yep. in, in your videos. It's not as common as, oh, read my mail every day, but many of them say you gotta work harder than everyone else. Um, so when do you know when something's too common and when something, you know what, this is, everybody's saying this, but it's important enough to include. I think all of my videos say the same 12 to 15 things over and over again. So why it's still successful is one, people tell you the same lessons in different ways. So, you know, Eric Thomas or Tony Robbins might yell at you and Oprah Winfrey's gonna come and hug you. Uh, and and Jordan Peterson is gonna like think his way through it. And but it's still the same stuff. Like a lot of their messages are not actually that different. They're saying the same thing. But maybe Jordan Peterson hits you at that moment in a way that Gary V didn't, even though it's the same thing that they're saying. Like most of these people who've had success would all say similar things, but the tonality they use, the empathy they use, the story they use resonates with some people more than others, combined with the fact that just because you heard it once, it doesn't mean that it's stuck and now you're gonna do it. So somebody said, work hard, great. It doesn't mean now for the rest of your life you're gonna go work hard. You need it constantly in your environment because you're in an environment that doesn't, uh, doesn't emulate the people that you wanna be like. Well, there's a saying in marketing that uh, repetition legitimizes, which I don't quite like that saying because was it not legit before? But there's a, an important point, which is that repetition does that cement itself, cement the message into the mind. And if you're really trying to help people, which your which your video channel does immensely, you know, you kind of really it's important to find what are the common characteristics between all these successful people. Otherwise, if I'm just watching what's Bill Gates' secrets and I watched that a year ago, I'm probably not applying any of those lessons anymore if I haven't heard it and heard it and heard it again and again. Yeah, and I think if you wake up and and you're in a crappy environment and it's not your upbringing and it's not you know, your family isn't successful, your family's telling you go to school and, you know, all the stuff that you might be fighting against, it's really hard to be on an island fighting the world. And so to know that Bill Gates thinks this way and Oprah Winfrey thinks this way and all these people that I look up to think this way, but my family and the people around me, they don't. You need to shut down the negativity or limit access at least to it. And then in that void, fill it with, with positivity, with the messages that you want to hear. And so the goal with my channel is to provide as much of a spectrum, because if you watch the same video every day, it's not gonna, the message will decline. It's not gonna have the impact anymore. But if I'm talking about believe, like believe is in every video in some form. Whether we, right, whether that's we, your one word. It's my one book, word. One word. Whether we say believe or not, it's, it's the theme through everything. But if you watch that same Les Brown video, you're not gonna feel the same effect a week from today, a month from today, if you watch it every single day, but you come back to the channel, there's going to be a new piece of content. Three, like I produce more than people can consume, which I like. I'm a, I'm a channel. I'm not a show. I don't want. I don't need people to watch. I'm I'm upset if people are watching every single show on my channel. Like you got to go off and do. I want people to work. Right. Like go chase your dream. Don't just get inspired and watch something. But there's always something there for you. So if you ever feel like you need more belief in your life, people comment and say you believe in me more than anybody else in my life. It's like I don't even know you. That's how little belief they get from the people around them. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And 
I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be... VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like, I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access 
to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use him from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So it's interesting. It's almost like, it's not like I should take Bill Gates lessons and follow him exactly, or take Warren Buffett's lessons or, or Elon Musk lessons and follow him exactly, or Kanye West lessons and follow him exactly. But these are providing models uh, and you're breaking down those models into 10 bullets or five bullets or nine bullets or whatever. And then I, as a viewer of the videos can say, okay, these, this is a group of people who present these messages in different ways, but they present these similar messages. And I could try to find these people in my life to model, to bring around me or model myself after or or maybe I can take some of these habits that are common among all of them. And even though they express them in many different ways, here's how I express them. But I'm, but I'm not lying to myself. I'm expressing them sincerely. And there's, a, there's lots of different ways I can do takeaways from your videos. I think there are two main things. First is learning by osmosis. And, and by hanging around more people of a certain thought process, you will adopt that thought process. So by hanging around successful people, you will think more like those successful people do. Just by hanging around. Like if somebody was hanging around you, without you even acknowledging them, if they're just shadowing you, they would adopt some of your mindsets and the way you see the world and, and the way you ask questions. Like they would just pick up on those things because you're around that person. So most people are around negative people who complain a lot. And so you want to fight against that. And so you want to inject the positivity in. It's not a specific lesson. Just by hanging around people, you, you absorb the people who are around you. You talked about that with your team. You're a product of your team. So osmosis is the first one. So that's why everything should be positive. Uh, it's also why we cut out the swearing in every video because schools use our content in their classes because the kids won't listen to their teacher, but they'll listen to Jay-Z, who's saying the exact same message as their teacher, but because it's Jay-Z saying it or Jennifer Lopez or whoever, they're going to listen to it. So we always cut the, the swearing out. Um, so that's it, osmosis. But then there's also, there might be a lesson that you just need to hear at that time. So if you heard the Kanye, John Stevens lesson, maybe you think, huh, like I have a friend like that who needs a little more belief. I, I could be that person for them. I'm going to go help her out. I'm going to go, I'm going to call her and just say, hey, I, I love you. I believe in you. Like, I think you should be doing more. Even me, I get hit with some lessons. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, I remember one of the clips was talking about his work and he called it the torture you can endure. So most people say, follow your passion. 
that's a consistent theme, and, but that's his variation on it. It's like the torture you can endure. So I think of, if I stepped into your schedule and what you do, it should be torture for, you, for me. Like, I can't do it, Jane. That's ridiculous, all the work that you do. And same thing, like maybe the idea of coming and filming 20 videos on one day is, is torture, and it should be. But the good, the good thing is, though, is that you have, it's like almost like a machine. You've got the researcher pulling the clips. I don't know if you have someone writing the scripts or not. And then yeah. you have um, a video guy who does, the, you, there's heavy editing in your videos. Yeah. It's really good at editing. Um, so you get up there. I'm not saying it's easy. You get up there, cause, but you've delegated well so that it's, it's like a well-oiled machine. So you could do 20 videos in one day. Else that right. would be impossible. Yes. And it's still a ton of work. Right, like when I'm hanging out with entrepreneurs, I'll, I'll go. I can go all day talking to entrepreneurs. I can help. I'll forget to go to the bathroom. I'll forget to eat. Uh, I won't notice I have a fever. I'll just, I'll just forget because I'm so in the zone. I like, I don't know what time it is. I don't know when I have to get to the next thing. It just, I, I love it so much. And for other people, they, they should find it torturous. Like that's when you know you found your thing. Um, I look at Elon Musk as a lesson, like specific lessons. So there's the osmosis, which you get every time, but specific lessons. I remember him being on, I think it was CNN or one of the major news shows. And he said, robots are going to kill the world. Like AI, we're, gonna, we're all going to die by robots. So this is a huge, bold statement on national TV. And then they say, well, how's it going to happen? And he says, I don't know. And then they ask some follow-up questions and he's like, I don't know, to all the answers. And what I took from that was, wow, I don't know that I would do that. Like, I don't know that I would have the courage to say, I don't know, to a question that I don't know the answer to on live TV. And so I use that as a model that if I don't know the answer, I hope that I say, I don't know. Because the, the default is to try to stumble and come up with an answer because you don't want to look bad on the show that you're on, right? So if you ask me a question I don't know the answer to, I hope I just say, I don't know. And maybe I'm still working towards making that happen. But every now and then there's those lessons too that just really shift how you think. And it doesn't mean you have to then do that every time, but I think it's just worth trying on that hat. Just try on the hat and see how it feels. Like just try to do that once and see, does that feel like it's what you should be doing or not? And I think people often just judge it too quickly and say, well, it's because it's Elon Musk and he was born a genius and so he can do things that I can't. Maybe, but there's also some habits that you might just, just, like, just try on the hat and see how it fits for a day. You know, there's something else too in your in your videos, which is that I'm not just watching all of them and then figuring out how to have osmosis or be inspired or whatever. Sometimes I'm looking for specific skills mm -hmm. that I need to get better at. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you have like, like a video, five ways to persuade people or five mm -hmm. ways mm -hmm. to um, deal with the haters. Uh, those might be, I might want to watch that video because I'm dealing with something yep. and that's the video that will help me solve that problem. So there's that extra thing, which is, you solve problems. Yep. And again, it's a different show on the channel. So it depends on what you're looking for at that time. Uh, ignoring the haters or dealing with critics is a, is a common theme. And I think it's, it cripples a lot of people from moving forward in, in their business or their career. You're just worried how you're going to be judged. So lots of successful people, every successful person has to go through that of dealing with criticism. And so how Oprah explains it versus how Kanye explains it will be totally different but we'll put them together in a video with six other people all talking about the same thing. And hopefully it one shows you that all successful people have to deal with it, but also maybe one of those strategies will help you. Like you may say, well, I, I hate what Wayne Dyer said there, but I love what Kanye said, I'm gonna try that on. Or I'm gonna, I love what Oprah said, I'm gonna try that on. I love what James said, I'm gonna try that on. 
And hopefully it gives you some strategies that you won't be able to get from the people in your immediate environment because they're not the success you want to be. So I want to I want to figure out like what you've gotten from these these lessons and all these great. I mean, you've been studying these people for years and years. You've studied so many uh, successful people and and really broken down their DNA for success. But we're still just on Tuesday of your weekly habit. Right. So Wednesday. <laughs> He's good. He keeps he keeps he keeps the memory going there. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday is my project day. So whatever I'm working on, I like having a day free during the week for me to work on whatever I want to work on. Whatever. It's never like show up on Wednesday. Like what do I want to do today? There's always some kind of planning, but I'm working on a specific project that I can just. I have a really hard time with switching tasks. I think people do in general, but I think for me it's like especially hard. So to jump from project to then doing an interview and then then mentoring. I have a really hard time switching tasks. So I'd rather just be in mentoring mode all day long and YouTube mode all day long and don't talk to me about the other stuff. I'll deal with that on that day. So Wednesday right now, I'm working on my tour. I'm doing my tour, 90, 90 cities, 20, and sorry, wow, 90 cities would be insane. 90 days, 23 cities. Before that, I'd be working on my book. Before that, would be whatever project is most interesting to me at the time. Thursday would be public facing day. So that's interviews, podcasts, hangouts, all the stuff that I do to spread my message. And I'm basically booked the entire day with five minute breaks in between. Like where, where do you get booked? Like what do you do? What did you do last Thursday? Well, yesterday was Thursday for us. Yeah. Like we drove here from Toronto and in the car, I was doing hangouts and podcasts and interviews and Instagram lives and- People reach out to you and yeah. say, hey, hey, come Evan, on. Can I be on your, can, you know, can you come on my podcast? Uh-huh. Most of it, I don't travel to do. Right? Like I came to New York, we're doing this. It's amazing. It's an honor to be here. Most of the podcasts that I do, um, I just do from my, my office. Yeah. And, and the thing for me is I, I like saying yes to everybody. I like being their first guest. I'm pumped when I'm the first guest on the show. It makes me so happy. When, when they say, I'm just starting up and I, you know, great. Can I be guest number one? Like, I love it. I love, I love putting people on. And so- and, and you're able to say, like, I can't say yes to everything because I feel like- I'm not very organized on my time sometimes, but you're saying me too. Thursday, though, if you if you're able to say Thursday's my public facing day, then it's just like okay, from nine to ten, I'm doing this. From ten thirty to eleven, I don't even know this. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I set the rules, I set the strategy, and my team takes over. So even for the tour that we're doing, it's crazy. Like for me, to manage logistics wouldn't happen. So my wife quit her job to do the tour. She's managing the tour. She's and organizing what, the tour. What's the tour like? You're gonna go to. Um, uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna rent space in kind of meeting different facilities. hotel rooms, yeah. And your subscri- you've announced to your subscribers like yep. catch me here. Yep. And how many people do you expect per city to to show up? This is my biggest fear because everything this I decided this about a month ago when I came to New York. I needed a coffee shop meetup and it was it was free, great. And we had too many people show up and people didn't have seats and. If we imagine like this awesome club you're in, like people didn't have seats and, and I had no microphone, they couldn't hear me and I'm, you know, they didn't get the time, but it was free. So there's no expectations. I then went to go talk to my agent who's in New York and he said, you, you take small risks that seem big for other people, but they're small for you. And so you need to take a bigger risk and the next one would be charging for your tour. That's scary. That's to scary. Like, for money. Because uh, I hate disappointing people. Letting yeah. people down is like the number one fear for me. So the idea of going to 23 different cities and, and letting somebody down because I didn't bring the most or like there weren't enough people and then reliving that nightmare every four days for, <laughs> for and 90 aren't days. Aren't you afraid you're not going to be able to produce 20 videos a week if you're traveling around from city to city? 
No, because I'll 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 film from my cell phone. Like videos have to get done. Um, I had a. I and had that's a, an interesting point too. That for YouTube, video quality is not necessarily the 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 actual technical video quality is not as important as the content. Uh, sh- uh for thought leadership, it matters about the content. The production mm-hmm. quality is never the thing for thought leadership. Why do people listen to you? It's not because we have these fancy microphones. It's because they love James and they love his guests. What are you talking about, Jay? Aren't these the fanciest cup of microphones out there? <laughs> right? But like you, I, res- I respect Danny. I respect my team. I need editing on my team. But Danny can't make me look great. Like if I suck, I suck. But if you do the video, what you'll do is you'll send it off to Danny. He'll edit or your team will edit. Yeah. And, and so it'll still go through an editing process. Videos have to get done. Like mm-hmm. people are... are are going through Christmas break. I mean, I don't know when this podcast is going to go up, but people are slacking off. Like we're still in three videos. Three videos a day are going up on Christmas day. Like we're going all the way through. That this is the time to win as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I had, a, I had a day about a month ago where I, I lost my voice. I couldn't speak. So what videos have to get done. So I wrote out the words on a piece of paper and held it up to the camera and put it down. And it's almost like, it, it makes your fans love you even more. That's great. And it's also still kind of artistic expression too. Sure. Like we have to get, if I was in the hospital bed, I would film from the hospital bed. I've, I film in my bathrobe, like if I need to, right? Like content's going up. Not having content is not an option. We're getting our content up. So basically you're on the road, you're on a plane even. Yep. You're going to do, you're going to the bathroom and do videos. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and get it done. Yep. Has but, to get done. So, and I like this idea. Uh, I do like this idea of saying yes to everything, even though I can't. I feel the reason I can't do it is because <clears throat> I, th- I think the idea of organizing things by day is really good because then it allows you to have a sense of how many things you can say yes to. I feel like I can say yes, but I have to have so many hours on one side, so many hours on the other side. If I know I'm packing them all in so I can keep the same mindset yeah. uh, and you can do that if you have it all in one day and, and nothing else, like you're focused on the day, then it's easier to do. And, and just like Nina quit her job to manage my tour, I have an f- assistant full-time who manages this. Somebody DMs me on Instagram. Hey, Evan, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Jeff, awesome. Love to be on your podcast. Email my assistant, Sandra at evancarmichael.com. We'll figure out a time. We had a woman yesterday who, who was on, I was on her podcast and her, her thing wasn't working. Her recording software wasn't working. And she's in the UK and she's like, I waited two months to do this podcast and, and it's not working. I'm so, because my schedule was booked out. And so we're going to make it up there on the way back and we're going to do one on, on Sunday, which I normally wouldn't do, but um, people wait. And, and it's almost, it's, I like also having a, a serendipity to it. So Unless, unless you're James Altucher, you know, then I'll come and we'll do this. I'm really we'll, grateful we'll you, do this you came to do this. This is right? exciting for me. I don't usually travel for, for shows and podcasts and stuff. Um, and so everybody's thrown into the same bucket. So the person who's on their 400th podcast is in the same bucket as the person who's on their, their first podcast. And it's just what spot is open and who wants it. And, and it means I lose a lot of opportunities because I have one day a week and I have more interest than I have time available. I feel like there's, there's a big takeaway for me here, which is that organizing by day somehow seems stronger than organizing by week. Like putting, cause then, cause multitasking in a day is very hard. Like I can't go on someone else's podcast, then do a podcast right. then write an article, then have a business meeting. Cause there's too many, you, your brain can't really switch yeah. and be at peak performance 
in five different ways in a day. So how did you? Let me hit you two more things on that. Yeah. One is kind of obvious, and the other one's going to blow your face off. Um, Shit, it's going to blow my face coming, off. It's coming, dude. It's coming. <laughs> the first one is you're in a mindset for that day, and it's super helpful. It's easy to stay there. So if you're, if you're on a day with you need to make calls, you need to outreach and talk to people. For me, I'm a natural introvert. That doesn't maybe come out when I'm doing stuff like this, but I have to get up and put my extrovert hat on. Where before, if I'm doing interviews or calls from my office, the 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes before an interview, I'm not productive. Like if I know I have to talk to you on a, on a call for something or we're doing a podcast remotely, I, I wouldn't be able to work on my book or anything in the 30 minutes before. I'm probably checking out your social media. What's James talking? I was looking at your social last night. Like, what's James putting on Twitter? I'm, I'm curious. So I like to jam it all in. And then my energy actually goes up over the day. So you get the best of me actually at the end of the day compared to the beginning. And so I like seeing in that one frame of mind for the whole day. The side note to that, not the thing that's going to blow your face off, is uh, you also force yourself in a limited time to get stuff done. So Tuesday, I need to get all my videos done. I need to. It has to happen. So I'm not filming on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. I got other stuff to do. So I have to get it done in that amount of time. I and so this. It forces you to be productive. Here's the, here's the blow your face off. This is the moment. I like to miss it. So Tuesday's my YouTube day. I don't touch it again until Tuesday. So come like Friday, Saturday, I'm like, I'm missing. I miss, I miss YouTube videos. Mm. Like I want to get back. In. I like missing my work. So by Monday, I've done all my mentoring. I'm done. And then Tuesday, I don't want to talk to anybody and mentor them again because I've done the entire day. But then come like Thursday, Friday, like I can't wait till Monday happens again. So every day I'm looking forward to the day ahead because I haven't done it for but, a week. But, you know, videos, doing videos requires, you know, a certain skill set. Like it's a, there's, a, there's a performance element, there's a storytelling element. Um, do you find that that, that skill set, the muscles behind that skill set, the mental muscles, will they start to decline during the week you're not doing it? Like if you did videos every day, would you be better at doing videos? Um, possibly. I think though, when you can, I think for, for making videos, I get better as the day goes on more than the one hour repetition. Like I think, so writing, you write, tell me, is it better to write for, for 30 minutes every morning or is it better to spend a day and write for eight hours? Like for me, I would rather spend a day and write for eight hours because my best writing's coming three hours in. Yeah. So, so, so my answer to this, and it's just personal to me, yeah. you know, this is one of those things where it's different for everybody. Yeah. My, you, you say your best writing comes three hours in. I write three to five hours a day. Yeah. If I didn't write for three days in a row, I would feel it on the fourth day. Not that I would miss it. I would certainly miss it. Yeah. But I will also write weaker right. on that fourth day. It'll take me a day or two to get, to keep, to feel like I'm back where I was and maybe better. Like I, ha I feel like I have to do it every day or I lose. And so that's my problem a little bit yeah. because then that's my biggest priority. And so everything else gets a lower priority. So then I get stressed about everything else because I'm not I'm putting it into buckets. Okay. But could you write for 10 hours a day? Probably couldn't. No. Like physically you couldn't? No. So it's understanding yourself. Like when I started doing the YouTube videos once a week, I, I thought, wow, could I, could I, can I do it? Can I spend the entire day filming? Is it possible? Like, will I lose energy? Like maybe I need to stop after two hours because I'm, I'm done. I get more energy as the day goes on. So, so I think I think the way I would probably have to apply a strategy like this, and again, we've said it several times, every day has it different. Yeah, is I have I have my one thing that I've got to do every day, yeah. which is writing for better or for worse. Yeah, and I do that in the mornings, 
and then maybe organize my afternoons the way you organize your days. Sure. So I have Monday afternoon, I'll go on podcast. No, yep. Tuesday afternoon, I do X or whatever, videos, you know, whatever. Um, so, so okay, so then- you, But let's you, not end it there. Like mm-hmm. that's, so, well, that was Thursday. Friday is my CEO day and I'm working on things to grow the business. And again, that, that shifts whatever I see as work on the business instead of in the business. Let's stuff. talk about that for a second. So, so you have 24 employees. Yeah. You must be making at least like- Three, four, five million in, in revenues or more. Um, my guess is more. I don't know. Are you, are you able to say? We're doing okay. <laughs> are you, <laughs> and 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 it's growing. I'm assuming you have more. Basically, the great thing about social media and something like YouTube, YouTube's one of these almost too big to fail social media companies. So when you get two million subscribers, they're there for life, and it's better than having a million and a half subscribers. Not always. I'm generalizing, but for your business and and you're growing fast, um, you know, subscriber counts are, are important. Um, you know, your, your business is growing. So what, what I see you doing as a CEO, just from the outside is one is you're trying to figure out different styles of video formats that you want to do. Like for instance, topical shows versus, uh, uh, study, you know, per, you know, study a single person shows versus guest shows, um, and then you're probably trying to consider other formats and experiment and, and a lot of, a lot of the lessons from your, your, uh, the people you study is experiment more, try lots of little mm-hmm, experiments. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Bezos just said that on one of your, mm-hmm. on one of your things. And the other thing, it seems like you're trying to expand out like in a spoken wheel fashion. So, um, the wheel is the YouTube videos, but now let's repurpose this content and make a book. Let's repurpose this content and put out an Instagram post. Let's repurpose this content and go on tour with it. So, so is that roughly kind of, and then, and then um, I imagine on your CEO day, you're trying to think of more spokes like, oh, should I, should Evan write an Inc. Magazine article or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So anything Tuesday, anything YouTube specific would be Tuesday. So like new series, breaking down analytics, looking, I, I love looking through the data. YouTube gives you the best data of any social platform. And I love YouTube because it's the only platform where your content lives forever. Where if you stop tweeting, you're irrelevant. They're not looking at your tweets from right. a, a week ago. Too, even Facebook videos. Facebook, every, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, all of it. You're irrelevant if you stop posting. Irrelevant. But if you have a YouTube video, like if this becomes a YouTube video, in five years, people are still watching it and still building your brand. So I ha- as I have an archive of 5,000 videos, it's just, just constantly adding to my moving army going forward. So I think YouTube, for any thought leader, YouTube should be the home if you want to build a long-term brand. It was just like a quick in and out. I'm going to catch some trend, maybe not. But YouTube is the place to build a long-term brand. I think Instagram is the fastest way to grow right now. So that's the combination. What do you mean Instagram is the fastest way to grow? Instagram is the fastest way to get attention right now. It's the easiest way. So like we went, we went from 7,000 followers to 80 in a couple months by creating a lot of content. Yeah, you mentioned them earlier, you do like six posts a day. Six posts a day. Which is amazing to me. Like I thought I thought it would be too much to even do one post a day. In fact, sometimes the more posts I do, the more I lose uh, subscribers on Instagram. And the less posts I do, the more I gain subscribers. So I started kind of posting just one a day, but maybe if you go through, maybe there's a barrier. And if you go through that with quality posts, it's algorithm, so it's not it's not recency anymore. Like mm-hmm. Instagram has changed, mm-hmm. so just like my YouTube videos, people will get referred the videos that YouTube thinks will serve them best. 
Instagram is an algorithm too. So they won't see all your posts. So you need to lose the attachment. Your, your views per post will go down. Your engagement per post will go down, but your reach will go way up. Just like when I ask, I ask everybody who's a fan of the channel, my YouTube channel, what's your favorite video? It's always a different entry point. You like one video and different people on your team like different videos. That's why I win because people find something that they like and then they subscribe. And so, and so again, assuming everything's quality or as high quality as you can make it, uh, the quantity game ensures for you reach. Go now, more. how do you go, how do you get reach beyond your, um, follower base? Uh, you, the, part of it is the organic, like, oh, check this out. So people share stuff. Yeah. Do you boost Instagram posts? Zero. Or? No advertising. Mm -hmm. My, my model is not based on advertising. I'm probably the only one who's not doing advertising. So, you know, and, everything's and, organic. So, so, so again, it's just, and you find the Instagram post by finding the moments in the, because of the YouTube analytics, you find the moments in the YouTube videos where people are most interested and mm -hmm. you're able to kind of make an Instagram yep. post that are posts better than videos on Instagram. Posts get more engagement right now. Um, they want to push video more. All the, all the social media networks are, are, but I feel like they're not really posting IGT. I mean, they're not really uh, pushing IGTV. No, IGTV is a failure, but we still post like who knows where it's going to go. I wouldn't bank, like if I had to pick one strategy right now for Instagram, it wouldn't be IGTV. But it's the kind of thing that let I would explore with. I, I'm, I have my foundation in the posts. I have my foundation in the stories and the going lives, which are all proven. IGTV is, a, is an experiment. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my company on IGTV. But Instagram is where is the social, like you're not posting every day on LinkedIn, you're posting every day on Instagram. That's where you've decided it's going to be the best way to direct traffic to back to your YouTube channel. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't try to direct traffic back to another platform. Stay mm -hmm. within the platform. I want people on Instagram to follow me on Instagram, engage with me on Instagram. Don't try to send them somewhere else. I use LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook as secondary to Instagram. So we post for Instagram and then we'll put it to the other platforms. Mm -hmm. Instagram okay. is where I live. And YouTube, obviously. Um, so Friday, I'm spending. I'm not spending my time thinking about YouTube series and strategies. But I would, in terms of quantity, I wish I could go eight times a day. I do three. I want to go to eight. I want to have a 24-hour channel with always new content coming up. I don't have enough good series. Do I don't know need, how to do it. It seems like then also you would need to be. I mean, there's no channel in the world where the same person does every single show. I think CNN should put me out of business. Uh -huh. Like I think people who. I don't think anybody's actually very good. They're just early. Uh -huh. All the vloggers who think they're good and now they're losing subscribers, they were never actually good. They were just early. So if someone was starting YouTube right now, like let's say someone says, boy, I really like what Evan Carmichael's doing. Um, and I'm really interested in studying the success of people or studying the success of different moments or having different lessons from things. What what, what can they start and and what should they do? And And of course... I'm asking this selfishly. We've been doing a few videos where we're playing around with different things I learned from different people in a different way than you. You're looking at the top rules for success. I'm, yeah. I I tend to look in my style like more yeah. quirky kind of things or or more more cultural moments where that I take a lesson from. But if someone's starting fresh and wants to be, you know, you have a very clean approach. The X number of lessons from about this topic which is inspirational or this person who is inspirational. Mm -hmm. And and I love that. And it's very clean, could be described in a sentence. Um, if if you were to start doing doing your thing today, what would you do? If it were me doing a thing today, I would be doing exactly what I'm doing. Because mm -hmm. you can't out Evan Evan. Like a lot of people are doing the same similar kinds of things. And people say, hey, this guy copied your video. 
I care zero about how people are copying me because the best you're ever going to be is a junior me. Yeah. So I, I don't look if, backwards. If they're directly copying, yeah. Exactly. So like I'm going forward. Or, or if they're doing their own thing, great. I don't worry about them because they're doing their thing and I'm doing mine. I, I noticed that, this was years ago, but I noticed that in writing, you know, I was doing this kind of, I don't know what category you would put it in, sort of half business, half self-help. And I was very self-deprecating and talking about my failures. And then like two or three years into it, I noticed other people started doing this pretty heavily. But again, I always felt... I never worried about it. I always thought it was like a, like you just said, a weaker version somehow. Um, or their version. And, and so great. Like no, if I thought doing, it was weaker. <laughs> oh, well, great. You can't out James James, right? You exactly. just can't. He's got his style and that's what you go to James for. And that's how you actually win. So if I personally was starting over, I would be doing exactly what I'm doing now. And you think it's possible. And I love it. I love the starting over more than I love where I'm at now. That's why I love Instagram so much. When I started going hardcore on Instagram, I had 1.6 million subscribers on YouTube and like 6,000 followers on Instagram. Now, 6,000 is not nothing for a lot of people, but compared to what I was doing, I was being laughed at and made fun of. Like, dude, why do you suck so much on Instagram? It's like, just watch. Like, mm-hmm. it's coming. And so now it's still even small compared to all the people who I passed on YouTube, all my contemporaries on YouTube, they're all crushing me on Instagram. And I love, I have a leaderboard that I look at every day. And I love, like, I love, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. But I like, I like how the way you're able to do that is you've got so much content. Like, how many videos do you have all together on, on YouTube? 6,000 videos, but a thousand of them aren't even public. Right, so you have, you have all this content, you're able to repurpose moments in mm-hmm. those videos to, to, you probably have someone on staff doing that to do six Instagram posts a day. So I think that's very yep. important. We use YouTube as the main hub and then we'll pull some of the best moments to bring it to Instagram. I will also design custom things for Instagram that I only do there and I don't do on YouTube. Uh, but f- like if someone like you were starting, I think it's, I need, I need consistent content. I need to figure out a way. There's a lot of guys now. There's a lot of CEOs. I'm having a lot of conversations with people. Like 2019 is going to be a super interesting year for YouTube. There's a lot of business guys who are seeing what the Gary V's of the world are doing. And you say, I can do that. I've got a great message. I should be out there being seen. I want to build my brand that way. And nobody, nobody knows them. Like America doesn't know them. And certain in- industries are known, but they're not a public-facing brand yet. And they want to be. Uh, so it's going to get a lot, you can see a lot more. Like Gary V is the preview to what's coming, uh, not, not like some exception. So I think for you, I think, I think you have the same ability. I think you have the same talent. I think you do it in your way and Gary does it in his. But I think to, to sit inside your mind and understand how you see the world and, and break it down and the, the curiosity is amazing that I think people need more of. And YouTube is a much more patient game. So I would love to see you not post like 10 minute clips from your from your from the podcast but almost the entire thing maybe some ums or errors or whatever you want to cut out but the whole thing long form I'd love to see you have a series where you just talking to the camera and share what's on your mind whatever's interesting to you cuz the way you think is wild mm-hmm. you know like you're you're an interesting dude and you you you're a thought leader so teach me to think like you think like you walk into this club we're sitting here and, and you see it differently than most people will see it. And so I usually think of that in terms of writing, like, okay, I'm right. going to express that in writing because that's where maybe I have the most skill. Yeah, I'd like to build the skill in video. It, I feel like it'd be hard for me to do, let's say 20 videos a week, but you know, I, so I do realize too, right? YouTube is, a, is a, an important vehicle for communicating to people. I would look at, if I was managing your channel, it starts with you deciding. You have to decide, I want to I blow up on YouTube in 2019. I want to blow up. Because if you don't and you're, you're half-assing it, without you at the top, your team can only do so much. 
So if you're like, yes, I want to take this seriously, we need to figure a way to go daily with content. What does that look like? Where now you're not creating an original piece every day? Because it could be mashups, some stuff you've done mm-hmm. and guests you've had. There could be a whole series without you even being in it. So you have your Goggins and Peterson and whoever else, like you mash them up with similar lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be best moments of talking about, and maybe you're in there too, like your best moments in the podcast. It could be you answering questions from the, the Q&A that comes up. It could be your thought of the day. And so if you get into, if you dedicate your, one of your afternoons, you know, you're going to write in the morning, you got four hours on Wednesday afternoon to film, then you could create enough content that would last you for the entire next week plus. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, and you, I mean, your videos are often about, what, like 10 minutes? Like what, what's guidelines on video length? So 2019, I would fight for 10 minutes. We mm-hmm. fight for 10 minutes. If it's less than 10 minutes, we really fight to say, is there anything we can do to make this longer? Because it really makes a difference for YouTube's algorithm. 20, like right now, it, it may change in three months. And that has been changing over the past couple of years. It used to be these 30 second man falls down stairs and hits his head is like these blooper videos that were trending. Now they're all longer videos. So 10 makes a huge difference. Past 10 is no difference. And and my best video on my channel is forty something minutes long, and and uh, you also do kind of production quality. On it's not just you talking to the camera. There's production quality. There's your editing that requires a whole. Yes, but it it's might secondary. be you talking to the camera takes a minute, but then the editing takes three days. Yes, and that's secondary, right? Mm-hmm. Like it depends on the kind of channel that you want to have. Mm-hmm. If you are a thought leader, the most important thing is what's in your head. Mm-hmm. And so if if you made a video from your phone holding it up. And you you shared for ten minutes your thoughts on something, uh, your your tweet about cell phone usage, right? And you think people need to connect more, turn that into a ten minute rant. And if if all you have is the cell phone video, great, that's what you use. And if you have your team, great, but you can't let the production quality get in the way because the real quality is the thing that's in here. So this is so interesting because obviously your your advice on social media is not only incredibly valuable to me. But probably to Coca-Cola and American Express, like have you ever thought about kind of saying, "Hey, here's what we did as an example. We made an enormous success. Now we could be an agency charging tens oh, of millions of dollars. Those guys suck. I have very little interest. Like those guys suck. <laughs> and well, that's good because that's you're sticking core to yourself. You like studying but, but success. Here's the, I would I would work with you. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see people who are good people with a great message win. You know, I, I had I had David Bach on my channel. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, and you know, this guy sold seven, eight million books, and nobody on my channel knew who he was. Like, how do you not know who David Bach is? And it's because he he's he's not relevant on social platforms. Nobody knows who he is. So like, these dinosaurs have all the knowledge. Meanwhile, some twenty-seven-year-old Instagram person is is half-assing David Bach's knowledge to then help people. Or how would you go to the source? So, you know, I've been working with Tony Robbins' team for the past three years and like slowly pushing them into more content. It's like, Tony Robbins, you got you to gotta hear from this. I think your message should be heard. Like, I think you have a lot of wisdom to share. Well, and by the way, I will mention thank you so much. I am really humbled that you have made some videos about me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and it, here's the thing, it's consistency, right? Like, you know Tom Bilyeu? Yeah, yeah. So I was I had, just on his podcast last week in L.A. Love it. So, so people say, hey, you need to have Tom, you need to do a top 10 on Tom Bilyeu. Who's this Tom Bilyeu guy? Go look him up. Like, man, I like this guy. And we, we did a video and it tanked. 
And I remember watching it. I'm like, man, I hope Tom doesn't quit because he's got such a great message. But because YouTube is a, is a, is a longer term game, it's very rare to come out, out of the gate and just explode. If you're doing education stuff, thought leadership stuff, not like stupid pranks or something. Yeah. And so I, I remember saying, thinking, man, I really hope Tom just keeps going at it. And he has, and I love it. Like Tom is like one of my favorites in the industry. And then now we've done, I don't know, five or six videos on him and they keep getting better and better because he's built up his brand. Yeah, and I, you know, it's interesting because um, like we started doing this, let's call it a show on the YouTube channel called The Secret Altature, which is, uh, you know, a little bit parallel to how, to your type of stuff. Like we'll take, you know, a moment and then discuss it and break it down and what I've learned from it and so on. And my idea is, and maybe this is how you started, you can't, you can't judge the success of one, two, three, four, five videos. You gotta do 50, maybe even a hundred. And then you put as much dry wood on this thing as possible and eventually it catches fire and it's a huge fire. And so that's my philosophy on it, but you have to stick with it. The hard part is sticking with it. I think this is actually the secret sauce behind my channel. Mm -hmm. Like I made 350 videos before I wasn't completely embarrassed by them. Mm -hmm. Embarrassed, I couldn't watch them back. Like I'm sure if you read back your first books oh, yeah, or absolutely. articles, it's like, man, that's pretty. But I just kept going. And it was 700 something videos before I, I inspired myself and that I watched the video. I'm like, man, like that's getting to be a good video. And, and why'd you stick with it? How did you know? That I just you loved it. Like it's the, it's it. the process. <laughs> but, but what you were saying before about the, the, the direction and not the, not the outcome. I just loved, I loved doing it. I loved, I never started this thinking I want to have 2 million YouTube subscribers. It was, I was making a video that I found helpful for myself because I wanted to be around these successful people. And, and the other videos were me giving advice to entrepreneurs based off of questions that were coming in. And so I thought if it helped that one person and, and 10 other people saw it, it helps 11 people. Yeah, Great. It was never ambitious to be what I'm doing now. And so it's just the consistency. Like five years ago, four and a half years ago, I had 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And now we're, we're closing in on 2 million because of five years of three times a day posting content and just keep, keep doing it, keep putting it up. And it's funny how... Again, with Facebook Live, with IGTV, with who knows what else, there's all these attempts at being a YouTube competitor, but nobody comes close. Like YouTube, you feel, is where your home's gonna be for a good long while. There's nothing close on the horizon. I don't, I don't, I'm not romantic about YouTube. Like I, I won't be on YouTube likely in 10 years. What about taking like, let's say, let's say your average video is 10 minutes. Yeah. What about taking, um, you know, and you have thousands. So you can take three, put them together. Now you have a 30 minute video, upload it to Amazon. And now you have a show on Amazon. Uh, possibly. And do it every week. So now you have a weekly show on Amazon. Yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. There's, I'm, or I do it and do a podcast, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, 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 I'm drowning in opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause you have, cause content is king. You but so, are you, so are you, you're, dr you're drowning in opportunity. What's the right thing for me to do next? Am I gonna write another book? If I write another book, now I'm gonna be out of commission for six months or however long it takes you to write a book, right. which means you can't do as good a job on your podcast and on Twitter. I think all of those opportunities can work. Like anything on your, your, your list of ideas can work. It's just, what do you feel most connected to? And then go pick that one. So, so uh, now I'm just curious. And again, this is, I'm always curious because of things I'm curious about myself, but yeah. you've studied all of these amazing characters and you know entrepreneurs artists people in history you say all these topics you've done videos on them which forces you to really immerse yourself in in the topic uh 
how do you feel? What, what lessons do you feel you've learned? Now you've, you've mentioned in your, in your book, uh, the 10 rules, top 10 rules for success. Yep. Uh, you know, you talk about the top 10 rules for each person. And then what are the most common ones are the most common ones, the things that you've learned the most, or how have you seen your own life affected? How are you better? Yeah. Do people get, and I guess the bigger question is, do people get better by studying success? 100%. So, so it's through the two things that I talked about before, osmosis and specific lessons. How I've noticed it in my life, I don't think you notice it on a day-to-day. I think you notice it in looking back in, in chunks of time. So I've been doing this journey for a while. I remember a couple of years in, I was sitting with my dad driving to get a new, uh, he needed to get a new Jeep for himself. And I just landed a deal with this super successful CEO. They were doing a three-year deal on my channel where running a Fortune you know, 100 company and billions in revenue. And we're going to do a regular show answering questions from my audience. So my audience comes on, they ask a question, he answers it, I answer it, next question. That's the format for an hour. And my dad looked at me in the car. We got this hour-long ride up, so we get to talking. And he said, what gave you the confidence to feel like you're at the same level as this super successful CEO? And he was asking it not in a put-down way like you suck, but just as a like in awe, like how did this mm-hmm. happen? And he was right in that three years ago prior, the Evan would have been super nervous and felt less than and have not, not as much belief in myself. But over those three years, I spent every day hanging out with Oprah Winfrey and James Altucher and Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. And like that seeps into me in ways that I didn't even notice so that when I'm doing a thing with him, it's like, I'm not, I'm not that intimidated by this. Not, not in a way to try to pump myself up, just of state of being, of who I am. But like, but like, let's examine that. Like, yes, there's three levels. Yeah. There's one, you are Oprah Winfrey and you've been through her struggles. Right. And you climbed up from local TV to syndication to massive TV to being the biggest TV show in the country. And you've been through all her struggles of, of her childhood and so on. And you've been fired multiple times and dealt with race and sexism and, and all these things. Then there's the next level. You talk to Oprah Winfrey and you get to ask her about all this stuff and she sure. really impresses you. And then there's the third level. I'm not saying one level's better or worse than the other. Like it takes a long time to live her life. It takes an entire lifetime. Right. It takes an hour to talk to her. And then what you do is you you look at all her video clips and then you make a video about her, which yep. means you've studied the most important points and you're able to deliver that to an audience. Do you think you really are able to say, okay, well, I've learned from, you know, I can think a little bit like Oprah because of this os- osmosis idea? 100%. Mm-hmm. You've done how many episodes of this? 450? 417. 417. So they're all available. You can go, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. If somebody started today listening to your podcast every day for the next 417 days, if they compared their life in 417 days to where they are now, they would have learned to choose themselves way more often than not. They would be a different person. Yeah, and I think you're right that it's probably harder to tell on a daily basis. I just find for myself in general, uh, there are some things that I do differently than I would have done, let's say, four or five years ago before I started this podcast. Because yeah. when you have so many people that you're studying, you know, let's even say I don't do the podcast with them. I'm still doing, reading all of their books. I'm yeah. looking at yeah. all their podcasts, watching all their videos. So I'm still learning from them, yeah. you know, and so on. And and But at the same time, if I read a biography, I might remember realistically one or 2% of that biography. Sure. And... And so even with a podcast, I try to figure out what's my one or two takeaways from sure. this podcast. And then that adds up. Like I sure. can't remember everything you do 
to improve your life. But I can remember one or two things that, oh, that really I could use to improve mine. And I remember that. So let's look at that. Like maybe out of this podcast, the idea of chunking your time is the thing that comes out for people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the idea from this podcast is I, I want to start a YouTube channel. And I'm, this 2019 is a year for me to blow up. Like they might take one thing from it. Or, or another thing is they might say, I'm going to take look at some videos of people and just write down five things I learned from them. Great. And they don't have to do anything with it, but it just improved their lives. There's, there's lots of individual lessons that they might take from any of your individual podcasts. But just listening to you for an hour, however long it is, and your inquisitive mind and your optimism and your graciousness will transform them because you are that in a lot of people's lives. Because when they shut you off, they're going back to a negative life for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not negative like hell, it's still not where they want to be. And you represent an idea. You represent something that they want to get better at. Not that they want to be you, but you have a mindset, a way of thinking that they want to emulate a piece of it. And so the more they're around that, the more they improve. And so, yes, it's both. It's the tactics. And you can end each podcast with a, a free PDF that they can download and work through these set of questions People will do that. I like how you do that in the book, by the way. <laughs> right? So we have, you know, there's activities and exercises because I don't want people just to get inspired and read. But when you are, here's the thing, when you're reading a bio, you kind of feel like you're that person. Like a well-written bio transports you into that moment. Yes. Where they're having those important conversations and they're making those tough decisions. And if, if in reading that bio, you read about somebody who had to make this really gut-wrenching decision that could change the course of history and they're, they're afraid of making that decision. You feel that terror. And then you can also look at your own life and say, huh, like I should be making a change in my life. It may not be saving the world or saving a country, but like it could be meaningful for my community. So what do you think are the most visceral things you've learned from- so Just 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 finish that point. I'm, if I'm reading a book about Grant, then I become Grant. I'm thinking about Grant. I'm, I'm more bold like Grant. But then as soon as I close the book, I, 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 Grant's fading away from me. So it's not just in what you do in that moment, it's then what, what book do you read next? Because then I'm going to take, if you keep reading about people who are taking bold decisions, you will take more bold decisions. Mm. And for me, it's, I don't read as much. I get it more from videos. So if you keep surrounding yourself with people who are pushing and doing big things, bold things, it, it seeps in. You become like that person. And so you have to be very careful who you want to become like because the more they're in your life, then the more you, you will try to emulate that thing. So that's why I have the 254 Confidence. It's a series, but it's also a book where every day for 254 days is how long it takes to build a, a, the max. It takes up to 254 days of, of consecutive uh, action days to build a habit. So I want you reading this, this book or watching this free video series every day for 254 days. We send you a video at 5 a.m. It's free all around confidence. If you do that every day, you will become more confident. You may not become like the world's greatest yet, but you'll be a lot more confident than when you started. The, the most visceral kind of learnings for me are things like you know the Elon Musk quote that comes to mind, where like, I hope I have the courage to, if I don't know the answer to the question, to say, I don't know. Hmm. Or the Jerry Seinfeld, the torture one. Or uh, Quincy Jones, who says, not one drop of my self-worth comes from your acceptance of me. Hmm. And it just makes this me think. It's very hard. It's hard. We're, we're trained as tribal animals right. to depend on the acceptance of others. That's a, that's a conflict every day for me. And, and it's okay. You, you need them and you need to work together. And I think humans are built to serve. I think if you're not happy, it's because you're not serving enough. But their acceptance doesn't impact your self-worth. 
and that's the line to draw. Like, mm. We still need to, we're, we're walking this parallel line together and I love you, but if you don't, you don't accept me, I don't feel worse about myself. Right, that's that. a good distinction, which is that you're creating content that entertains people. So of course you want them to like it, but it can't, but the, the distinction is you can't let it personally affect your self-worth. Yeah, and some people love my content and they hate me. Mm. Evan, I love your, I love your uh, content. I love your video on Steve Jobs, but like never show your face on a video. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm still pumped that he's learning from the video. Uh -huh. And I know that with enough exposure, he'll, my greatest thing of all time is I bring people in. Why do I have a variety of, of all these people? Because I bring them in because they want to learn from people who look like them. And then I want to open up, I want to blow their face off, right? So my favorite comment of all time was there's a guy who, uh, commented on a, a video of a black entrepreneur that we had. And he said, you know, growing up, my parents always taught me that black people were the N-word. And watching your video changed my perspective and made me realize that I could learn something from this, this black entrepreneur. And people always come in for content that looks like them. So women come in and they love the women content. And writers come in and they love the writer content. And athletes come in, they love the athletic content. And that's how they first find me. But then I want to open up their mind to say, hey, if you're a writer, you can learn from a basketball player. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a white dude sitting in Toronto, Canada, I can learn from Kanye West. So I give people the content that they want. And then I expose their mind to all this other positivity from people in different fields. So, so again, if you were, if you like, if you just land, like right now you've built this business, it's a yeah. great business. You're, um, it's great in a couple of ways for the reason we talked about, which is that, Hey, you're making money from it. You're doing what you love. Uh, you're getting upward momentum. Like it's doing better and better, which is good, positive feedback to show you're on the right direction. And you're learning from all these valuable lessons that you're studying. It's like, I'm, you know, if you were selling toothpaste, you wouldn't be learning from the toothpaste. You might have better, you know, maybe your breath would improve over time. I'm not saying your breath's bad. We're not close enough. <laughs> I'm um, very far away. <laughs> um, but you you're you're putting out a product that you personally are are benefiting from. Yeah. And um if you were to land on earth right now and say okay, I'm going to start from scratch making Now I know you you say you would do the same thing you're doing over right now, but let's say someone's listening to this, they're 45 years old, they're sick of their job, they just got divorced, they don't know what to do. What well, what they don't even know what they're interested in necessarily. Ooh. What advice would you have for them? Well, wow, now we're going down a whole other path. But, um, but the path is related to, I mean, look, your, your number one rule for success is do your passion. Yeah. So, so, and that's a big common question that you must get, which is how do yeah, you yeah. find your passion? And I have- and, a, and, and people like Warren Buffett, they've talked about on your videos. Yeah. It, 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 they're so lucky they found their passion at seven. Many people didn't. I've got a great answer. And it's my next book that I haven't started writing yet. Uh, I call it the Purpose Planner. So you go through a three-step process. It's your who, your why, and your how. Your who, your why, and your how, the purpose planner. The who is who are you? It's, it's your one word. What's your most important core value? What do you stand for? So for me, it's believe. It's my one most important core value. I think every human has a most important core value. And when you figure that out, it gives you a rock to stand on and you care less about what other people want for you. Whenever you feel, uh, if you don't know what you stand for, you're pulled in everybody else's direction. So it starts on a human level. Every human has one most important core value, I believe. Then your why. So the why, I believe your purpose comes from your pain. I think, I think entrepreneurs have a hard time going into pain because we're so optimistic. But the greatest, if you think about like the, the, the time in your life that you felt the most weak, 
the most irrelevant, the most worthless as, as a human being, your greatest joy and satisfaction in life will come from helping other people who are in that spot right now. So why do I love helping entrepreneurs? Like, why don't I believe in somebody else? I could believe in anybody. Why entrepreneurs? Because I struggled so much as an entrepreneur because we talked about that moment in my life where I, I hated my life and I felt worthless. And, and now my mission, I get the most fulfillment from helping other entrepreneurs who are close to where I was and I want to help them get through it. So why did the woman who served mothers against drunk driving start that? Because her, her daughter got killed by a drunk driver. And now like the greatest joy in her life, her purpose is going to come from helping make sure that doesn't happen to other people. So whatever is the most worthless moment in your life, you want to help other people. Your greatest purpose will come from helping people who are currently suffering with that and helping them get through. That's your why. So your who is your, your most important core value. Your why comes from your pain, your greatest pain in your life. The third part then is the how. So how are you going to do it? There's lots of ways to do it. Like I could believe in entrepreneurs in a lot of different ways. If you're setting up this, this amazing comedy club that we're sitting in right now, uh, you might say, hey, Evan, can you, I'm setting up. Do you help me move chairs and, and you know, move some stuff from the storage locker? And I'd be like, yeah, James, I'll come and help out. Because I love the result that you get of opening up your comedy club. But I don't love, I don't love the how. I don't love the process. Mm. So if you think about all the, all the ways that you've helped that person who was in the deepest, darkest moments that you were facing before, how have you actually enjoyed the process of getting them out? So for me, I love sitting with people one-on-one. I love, I love speaking at the front of a stage. I love making YouTube videos. I love it. Like I love, I love my uh, 6,000 videos in, I still love making my content. I still love it. And so when you can combine those three things, when you have that awareness to figure out those three things, your most important core values, so you don't follow somebody else's dream, your, your why, the purpose comes from your pain, and then the process, the how. When you figure those things out, then you're set for life. That's a great answer. I was thinking all along how to answer those questions for myself, and it's really true. So uh, I'm being told uh, by Jay to, the, I just got the message to, to wrap, but I hope we can continue the conversation Can at I some quickly point. finish the schedule? Because yeah. we only got yeah, to Friday. Yeah, we only got to Friday. We only got to Friday. I think the weekend's really important. And this is how I do it. Saturday is, is family day. So Saturday, uh, my wife loves food. She's sitting in here. You know, my, my wife loves food. She's a foodie. I'm not a huge food. I don't care. I'll eat at McDonald's. It doesn't matter to me. But she loves food and she loves surprises. So every Saturday I plan the day for her with surprises and there's always a new food. So it could be also just like going through a street festival or going for a hike somewhere. But I plan the day for Saturday. And it's not, not shopping day, not grocery day, not fixing the couch day. It's only family time, quality time for us together. And then Sunday becomes that family admin day. So laundry is on Sunday and groceries are on Sunday. And so that, if I look at my week from, from Sunday to the next Sunday, if I do those things, that's a, that's a happy, balanced life for me, which other people might look at and judge and say that's stupid or ridiculous, but it works for me. And so if you think about the person you want to be from an entrepreneur or, or your career and your relationships and you know, what X, Y, Z, all the other points in your life, your actions have to map to your ambitions. So look at your calendar. If you did these habits, would you, would you be happy with the success that you're going after? I, I, that's a big takeaway for me also is this kind of chunking by days, these important, the most important activities in your life. Um, I want to leave a cliffhanger, okay. which is Danny mentioned how he is learning storytelling from the process of you doing videos. I think a lot of people think of your, not a lot of people, I would say your videos look like you're focused on a list format, but people don't realize within a list format, you can tell a story. And I'm curious, 
the next conversation we have, I want it to be how you tell a story through a 10 minute YouTube video about some inspirational figure, because there is the arc of the hero in all of those videos. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by that topic. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that at some point, okay. next time our parallel paths intersect, we do a video about storytelling. Well, well what, what podcast number is that going to be? I, I, like, I like setting stuff down. This is right. four. This what is I, four. What is it for? Is this 418 or you this, got some in the book? It's yeah, like well, I think we're at 417. So this, will be, this one will be like 420 or whatever. Something. So, um, so when, when do you want me back and we'll figure it out? Well, we're going to try to break the. 450? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we do we do two or three a week. Okay. But we're also doing um we're doing uh, uh a a world record. We're gonna try to do a podcast for like seventy hours straight. Okay, I'm in for that. And to, and then divide it up into multiple podcasts yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like we'll that. do that sometime, Steve. What do you think? In mid February? Yeah. I'm gonna be on my tour. So to do that I'd have to join remotely. Um otherwise we're looking at like April. Okay, fine. You you're coming back in April. Late April. All right, April. I'm We're coming back for you. It. I'm coming back for you. Late yeah, April. Excellent. We're gonna make it happen. Round two. Oh, wait, when are you gonna do are you gonna do your tour in New York City? That's gotta be one of your twenty three cities. No, no. Really? No, we're going west. All right. The furthest east we go is Pittsburgh. I like Because I started this because I, I told my wife I take her to every city in North America with a million plus people. That was the start starting point. And we've both been to New York before. So Okay. We're taking her. We're going west. If we do it again in twenty twenty, we'll do East Coast. All right, and we might be west. At some, we might intersect someplace. Um, well, Evan Carmichael, uh, check out. Your, I like how your YouTube channel is Evan Carmichael. Your videos, I would. I tell my kids watch your videos every single day because I do think Appreciate through that, osmosis, people will learn. And kids are not being. I don't think kids are being taught the complete right skill sets for success and happiness and well being in whatever their educational format is, I think your YouTube channel is what people should study so uh, and learn from. So That means a lot, man. Thanks a lot. I, it was a stab in the dark when I asked you to come on the podcast. I'm so glad you responded and, and we did this And because uh, I've been a, a fan for a long time and I love watching these, these videos as well. And um, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Been a ton of fun. Thanks. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.